Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way, bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. A Merry Christmas to you and yours. I know we have passed that, but a belated Merry Christmas. We are still inside the 12 days of Christmas with the new year knocking on the door. A tradition on Unlike Any Other, where we set some resolutions for teams across the UMAC. Ryan, alongside Wyatt, as always, Wyatt, Merry Christmas. I guess I'll wait to say Happy New Year's for a little bit, but how are you doing in this glorious time of year? How was your Christmas? So so you're in the camp that you can say Merry Christmas after the fact, but you don't want to say Happy New Year yet. Even though that's still to come. Yeah, you can you can if you want. I, I like to throw a Merry Christmas at people after Christmas. I did it at Costco this week and just kinda wanted to see the reaction from the cashier and she took it sure. and she said same to you. So, you know, I, yeah. I'm I'm all about spreading that as as long as I can. I haven't taken down any decorations yet. I don't know if you're with me on that, but I, I'm still in the Christmas spirit to to an extent. No, that's fair. I mean, we need more of that, quite frankly, in this uh, day and age. So I'm not going to fault you for that by any means. Um, Yeah, no, Christmas was good. We were able to see both sides of the family and get together and uh, see, you know, the niece and nephews. And it was good. So uh, hopefully you had the same and were able to spend time with family, friends, get some good food, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, now here we have to look forward to in 2024, a beautiful slate of UMAC games. One biggest highlight before we move on. Your one biggest highlight. Of the year? Well, I was, I was speaking like of Christmas, <laughs> but you can take it any direction you want. Well, I was say, if it's the year, I got married in August, so that there is you go. the biggest Correct highlight. Answer. If, yep. it's just, if it's just Christmas, though, that's tough. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could, you know, I'm going to pull the Michael Scott when they think they're getting downsized, and he says, or they say, what's your favorite moment? He said, all of them. I loved it all, the whole thing, and uh, that's that's how I'm going to answer this question as well. I loved every moment of it. Hopefully, you did as well. Any highlights you want to share? Uh, I think there'll be some more highlights, a little delayed Christmas later on this week with some fam that wasn't in town, uh, but otherwise, I'd say, you know, the food is always good. The food did not disappoint, some ham in the mix, some meatballs, some steak, uh, all, all those good things, so... So delayed Christmas, so you technically are allowed to say Merry Christmas still because you still have a Christmas celebration. Correct, Correct. yes. My uh, my siblings were, were out of town with their significant others, and they will be back in the mix later on this week. So uh, this weekend will be officially with uh, my closest family, I guess, celebrating Christmas. So yes. Very good. Hope you enjoy that. I will try to. All right, I'll, I'll stop trying to pry things out of you. How do you how do you want to start this thing, Wyatt? Uh, we've done this the last few years. We've typically 
gone through them. We we assigned four teams ahead of time so people know that this isn't totally random. I mean, it's partially random. I basically, I'll, I'll take you folks behind the curtain. I sent to Wyatt, I said, do you want this group of four teams or the other group of four? He said, I want that group of four. I said, okay, you can uh, prepare for that group of four for the men's and women's side and I'll take the other four and uh, we'll just go from there. And then maybe, maybe we'll have a fun surprise at the end of the podcast, Wyatt, to uh, talk about a sport that both you and I very much enjoy that is alive and well, and that takes center stage at the end of each and every calendar year as we flip into the new year coming up as well. But what do you say? Do you want to do what we do in the past and go ladies first and each talk about our four teams? I like that. Let's okay. let's start with the women like we normally do, and I'll let you decide who you want to start with. You can pick one of the four that you had, then I'll pick one of the four I had, and let's do that, and let's just rotate. Fair enough. All right. Let's, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you, well, people will find out. I was going to say I'll name the four right now that I got on my sheet of paper here with uh, the few scratchy notes that I took down, but we'll just talk about them one at a time. So I'm going to start, Wyatt, talking about one of the teams I had, the UW Superior Yellow Jackets, one of two teams where we sit right now at 2-0 and in UMAC play. UMAC play will resume. I know you're looking forward to it, Wyatt, almost as much as I am maybe a week from Saturday the 30th, so that'll be Saturday, January the 6th. The UMAC play will resume. Can't wait till we get to that point. But we have a little bit of UMAC data to go off of. They in North Central, the only undefeated squads. Okay, I'll stop rambling along. My resolution for the year of 2024 for Coach Carpenter's Club out in Superior, find a consistent number two option just to take the heat mm. a little bit off of Elise Besson and who's going to be needed. Don't get me wrong. She's going to have to be dynamite for that club. She's barely ever going to leave the floor. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Coach Carpenter is going to lead on her, especially late in ball games. But just so she isn't so worn out, Wyatt, by the time we get to mid to late February and they want to be playing their best basketball, find a consistent number two where Elise doesn't feel maybe the whole team on her back in February. Not that she's maybe not um, able to handle that pressure, if you will, but they need a uh, consistent number two to step up. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, she's been tremendous, but if they want to do anything long-term as we, you know, hit this back stretch of the season and get into the thick of things, they're, they're going to need a second option for sure. So the, the four that I had were Bethany, Morris, North Central, and Northland. And it's interesting because I didn't take the approach of one specific player or anything like that. I certainly could have, and I'm not saying that was wrong that you shouldn't do that, Ryan. So don't, don't worry. It was fine the way you did it. But looking at my options, I've let, let's start with Bethany. I, I, for Bethany's women's team, um, they had that big win, uh, a stunning upset, if you will, before we hit the Christmas break and everybody's feeling good about, you know, the Vikings down in Mankato they got to clean up the turnovers, though. Their New Year resolution is cleaning up the turnovers. 22 and a half a game, almost minus nine in that category. And uh, their opponents are scoring 21 points a game off of those turnovers given up. So if they can clean that up, possess the basketball better, and not allow their opponents easy fast break transition points, it's only going to make them more dangerous and better. And if they want to make some noise, I think that is absolutely going to be an area in which they need to clean up. So my uh, resolution for the Vikings is those turnovers. you got to clean that up. 
I like it. All right, we'll keep clipping along, and I'm going to pivot Wyatt to a spot that isn't too far away from Mankato. I know you're the elite Minnesota geographical mind. New Ooh. Ulm is what? I, is, that's got to be 30, 40 minutes. It's not that far away, is it? Maybe less than that? Probably 30 or 40. I okay. I am an elite Minnesota <laughs> geographical mind, but you know the exact timing, I don't know if I can quite give you that off the top of my head. It's probably pretty close, though. Okay, that's fair. I know they're the travel partners, if you will, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on maybe. But Martin Luther College Knights, all right, at this point of the season, they are 0-2. They dropped two home games to open up UMAC play against Northwestern and then followed by a loss to North Central. You know me, though, Wyatt. I can't seem to give up on Coach Garish's club. I look at him, and I still think they got a lot of talent. They have a lot of potential. They have a lot of experience this season. And you look at the stats in the conference-wide and what they're doing right now, I don't feel like defensively they're all that bad. They're only giving up 72 points a game. Could that be a little bit better? Sure. They're scoring 55 a game. That's got to be better, yes. But I feel like the pieces are in place, and it could just be a few statistical adjustments that they make. And what I mean by that is leaning into your strength more. You know I'm the guy that almost always says, don't be shy, let it fly. you got to make some shots from downtown. I feel like they have the potential to do that, but in the few moments that I've been able to watch them this year, there's too many late shot clock situations where they're forced to shoot a three at the end of the shot clock, and it's not within the rhythm of the offense. My New Year's resolution for the Martin Luther College Knights, less three-point field goal attempts. Wow. Only the Crown College Polars have shot more three-pointers than Martin Luther so far this season. But, Wyatt, because I know your next question would be, well, Ryan, where do they rank in percentage in the conference? They're at 6, at 26% from downtown. Obviously, you'd hope that get better to a certain extent, and they're making six three-pointers per game, but they're shooting so many of them. Okay, so try to make offense happen earlier on in the shot clock. Don't shoot as many threes. Your percentages will go up, and when you're running better offense, you'll get better looks. You won't be in those late shot clock situations. So my resolution for Martin Luther College, again, shoot less three balls in 2024. All right, well, speaking of downtown, let's head over to downtown U. Look at you. University. Hey, sometimes sometimes the transition's there, you just got to take it. And uh, I'm going to talk about shooting the basketball as well for them. Here's the deal. They've had a great start to the season. They're a really well-coached team. There's not a lot to nitpick with this team. For the most part, they've played really good basketball. But if there is one area I want to see, not necessarily improvement on, but have better results for this team in 2024, it's getting to the free throw line more. And the reason I say that is because they shoot it at 70% as a team at the line. That's pretty dang good, if you ask me. And they're only getting there a little over 12 times a game. If they could even get there four or five, six more times a game and all of a sudden steal a few more points that way, because if you're going to shoot 70%, you got pretty good odds to steal some points and win games down the stretch at the line. You got to get there more, though. Play to your strengths. I mean, they've got some good size down low. They've got guards who can get to the line. I want to see North Central get to the free throw line more in 2024, take advantage of their strength of shooting the free throw well at 70%, and I think that'll lead to even more success for the Rams. So New Year's resolution for them, they got to get to the free throw line more. I like it. Wyatt, what do they call it for a reason when you get there? The, the name I, mean, I always the use. The charity that stripe? Yeah, I mean, that you don't like very much. That's one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, I don't dislike it. It's just, I, I don't know. It's fine. 
I don't know who came up with that. I just like to say it instead of the the free throw line from time to time. Hey, so. you're right though. I mean, it's free points. I mean, you got a chance to score at the clock stop. Nobody can guard you. You just yep. put the ball in the hoop. And the best teams, Wyatt, I mean, they're good at the free throw line. I mean, you and I have said it how many times in March where it comes down to that facet. And when you're looking at a mid-major to pull off an upset, you, I know, Wyatt, of all people, were looking deep into that Furman club last year. Well, how do they shoot at the free throw line? Because I believe their guard play can match up with Virginia and try to find a way to slow down Tony Bennett's squad enough to get the win. But you said they got to be at at least a 72, 73, 75% clip to win at the free throw line. Because that's how you win games down the stretch, especially late in the season. Knees bent, arms are heavy, palms are sweaty. But can you make free throws when it matters most in those moments? Such a great part of the game of college basketball. So could not agree with you more on that. Okay. It's 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 funny you say that because, you know, everybody remembers the ridiculous Kehe Clark pass where he just launched the thing down the court and that led to the game winning three. But don't forget Furman hit two free throws right before yeah. that to make it a one point game. So You didn't forget, I obviously. Mean something to what you're saying there, Ryan. Yeah. I forgot about that. You didn't forget. I mean, I have Virginia for the record, so, so. I... <laughs> okay. Well, I had... Yeah, I had Furman. I stuck with it, and but anyways. Alrighty. So, we're halfway home. I will next go out to St. Bonifacius, Minnesota, Coach Tussler's club, a coach that has been talked about a lot that we'll maybe circle back to later on in this pod in an interesting... Uh, interaction Wyatt that we have had on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it the last week but uh, you talked a lot about coach Bridgeport Tussler in our last podcast so his squad right now one and one in UMAC play after they opened up with a loss to UW Superior Friday night on the road and then the following day they picked up a convincing win at Northland College stark difference in those two games for a number of reasons but Wyatt okay First game, they turned it over 29 times. Superior jumped on them from the beginning. They're going to give lots of teams fits in this conference. But worth noting, the next day when Crown wins 68-42, to they only turn it over 13 times. My New Year's resolution for the Crown College Polars, take care of the basketball. And the main thing in practice they got to be working on is ball handling, ball handling, ball handling, and being ready to break the press when it comes at you to give themselves a chance in the half court. Because you and I both think Bridgeport's a great basketball mind. Urbina and Latsky are a good guard tandem when you get them just to breathe a little bit in the half court. Isabel Sager is raising her level on the block, a good option to go to. And they have options in the half court to try to compete with some of these teams in the top half of the UMAC, if you will. They're going to see tough defenses in Northwestern and Morris and North Central later on in the season. If they can just get it into the half court and play the game in the half court, a la his brother-in-law, what he loved to do, Brad Davison at Wisconsin, they're going to give themselves a chance. So for Crown College Polars fans and Bridgeport Tussler's Club, your resolution for 2024, take care of the basketball and get it in the half court to give yourself a chance to pick up some wins in UMAC play. Well, I'll go and go to Ashland then because my New Year's resolution for the Northland Lumberjill, same thing. They got to take care of the basketball. Ryan, if you thought it was bad, the numbers I listed off for Bethany or Crown's numbers are, aren't good enough, and maybe they do need to be better. But when you look at them compared to Northland, they're not doing so bad because the Lumberjills turn it over 31.7 times a game. That leads to almost 39 points a game for their opponents. And their turnover margin, if you will, is negative 18 and a half. So 
Yeah, not uh, not ideal. Stop bringing the turnovers to the party. They got to take care of the basketball if they want any sort of a chance to compete or stay in games. And if there is going to be a win somewhere on that schedule, it's going to be in a game where they probably take care of the basketball. So I'm sure that coaching staff has kind of emphasized that. And that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on moving forward into this season. But you just you can't turn the ball over that much and expect to win. So that was a pretty easy one for me. Their New Year's resolution has got to be to take care of the basketball better. I like it. All right, my last one on the women's side is we'll keep clipping these along. Northwestern Eagles, defending UMAC Conference champions. Their first loss didn't come until later on in February last year. They already got one loss this season, one and one early on after they dropped that game at Bethany Lutheran, a club that Wyatt talked about a chunk of minutes ago. The Vikings out in Mankato. So for Northwestern in the year of 2024, they, they have all the pieces that you could ever want to have, even though they still have a lot of young players on that squad playing big minutes. They have juniors who feel like they're seniors because they've played so many minutes the last few years. Get out and run and initiate some offense through your defense, if you will, and be more aggressive defensively, whether that's a full-on press or token pressure that you're using up the court. That's when Northwestern's at their best. I know they've been trying some things earlier on this season, we know in the year 2024 they'll get Riley Hershey back. They'll have some more juice off the bench. But Wyatt, so far in UMAC play, we haven't seen the bench production that we are accustomed to at the end of last season for Northwestern. They need that to come back, and I think it all starts and ends with their defensive pressure. You look at Hershey, you look at Posternich, you look at Terry and so many others for Northwestern, not just coming off the bench but starters as well, how good they are defensively. Eagles can use that to turn the dial when they want to. We saw it multiple times last year in their run through the UMAC, and that is going to be the catalyst, I believe, for Northwestern. Their resolution in 2024, turn the dial defensively, and everything starts to become a little bit easier for the Eagles. Well, not just 2024, Ryan, but they're on their trip in Cali right now, and Riley Hershey's back. So she's already back. Correct. Yes. And, and gets Which an you, you like to see. You do, because she gets an opportunity to get back into the swing of things and, uh, you know, get that stroke back, if you will, before the conference games resume. So they're they're on their trip right now, because remember, a couple of teams are taking advantage of this time, if you will, and getting some games in. The question that you asked me, I think, on the last episode, maybe it was two episodes ago, how would I handle that if I was a coach? Or And there's no right or wrong answer, but they are taking advantage. They're playing some games out in Cali right now, so uh, that should serve them well as they get ready for UMAC play. But... Who's the last one I have, Ryan? Can you think about it? I've ran through the teams. Who haven't yeah. I said yet? Yeah, so I feel like you haven't talked about a team out west that has a really, really big gym and a uh, mm. coach that's constantly sending us intel. So for all I know, you've reached out to him and you've said, uh, Coach, what's what's your resolution for next year that I should mention you know, on the pod? I don't know if we're on good terms with them and their fan base right now. I mean, they were taking shots yeah. at us for our poll that we released this past week. And we're Rightfully here. so, maybe. We're here for it. We are. I mean, we actually maybe need to make this happen now and get these uh, matchups out on the court. But yeah, it's the Cougars, Minnesota Morris. And if if I were to ask you, Ryan, what they're shooting from three-point range without you looking, or maybe you already have, but if you had to guess what their three-point percentage is so far this season, what would you guess? I maybe saw it when I was doing some of my extensive research, but I don't remember. And that's honesty. And I'm not on that tab right now. So I would guess, since you're bringing it up, They're shooting under 30%. It's just a question of how far under. I'm going to say 27.3% from deep. 
What's even worse? It's 22.9. Oh, my. So that was a pretty easy one for me, too, looking at their numbers. They got to shoot the three ball better. Now, they don't take a ton of them, so it's not like it's a huge concern because they're not just coming up the court and jacking threes. But if you're going to shoot even just a few of them a game or a decent amount, you got to hit it higher than a 23% clip. They're making just 2.73s a game right now, Ryan. That is going to hurt them. The later into the season we get, they got to find an outside shot, whether it's one or two or three players. Somebody's got to start knocking these shots down. That's their New Year's resolution. They got to raise that three-point percentage up in 2024. Since you brought it up, do you want to jam that in here in between before we switch to the men's, or should we, you know, move that well, to another what is, day? Uh, just, what just do you re- want to talk about. I'm just curious. Well, you you brought it up. Just reaction to what we heard from so many fans. Do you think, based on the the poll results we got, that the majority of people think that Coach Grove and his brother, that being Tim and Paul, would would win a tournament, and we we just totally miss that, or they're just backing up their I... guys? Like, should we feel bad about our selections? I mean, what what's your takeaway? Oh, I don't feel bad about my selection at all. I still stand by it and think if we put them out there that my two that I picked would win. I would imagine that the votes that we did get for it were a lot of Morris fans backing their guys, like you said. And so that other category, for those that maybe don't know what we're talking about, we released a tweet saying who would win a two-on-two UMAC coaches tournament, if you will. So, you know, the crown coaches against the Morris coaches, superior against Northwestern, who would win? And we had three options, and then we had an other as the fourth option, and that one actually received the most votes. So I would assume it was Morris fans voting for their, you know, coaches and their team, but I guess we'll never know for sure. Well, and they're very active, as we know, so that could sway it a little bit too, which, hey, that that's totally okay. The poll was open for, for everyone for, for a long time, and I feel like it was the majority of them, you know, were Morris people, but we're serious. That's just the only thing I want to put out there wide in this recording. If anyone is actually yeah. interested in making this happen – and wants to reach out to us, uaotheumac at gmail.com, or unlike any other, the UMAC, you can search us on X, Twitter, whatever you call it. Those DMs are always open. We are genuinely serious, even though, Wyatt, I don't know, I kind of doubt this would ever happen. But if, if anyone's actually serious about making this happen, we could raise some money for charity or some worthy cause and get coaches together and play some of these games, and you and I will be there, and we'll, I don't know. I, I'm just saying we're open to at least having the conversation. How about that? It would be an off-season thing for sure. But oh yeah, we could do, we could do it. The off-season's always never too long anyway. Ever. I mean, you always complain about how long it takes to get back to this time of year where basketball has returned and we're back into the fall. You always talk about how long the off-season is. Sounds like me. <laughs> I know I do. Okay, we don't have to say any more on that. I just if if you had any reaction from what uh, we've seen transpire since we last recorded, I just wanted to leave that space open for you. So. We are done with the women's side, but we still have the men's side to get to, and we're each going to talk about the same four teams that we just each talked about. I started the last one. Wyatt, you're going to start this one. You pick the first team that you want to talk about. You can go any direction you would like to. Who is the first team that you would like to share their resolution for? Well, I'll stay out west and do Minnesota Morris on the men's side then, and we can just start there. Um Again, for them, it wasn't too difficult looking at their numbers. They've had 2-0 and start. They're feeling good about themselves. And this isn't even that bad of a number, but I'm going to talk about it. They're shooting free throws at 67%. Again, that's not terrible by any means. I mean, as a team, if you're hitting two-thirds of your free throw shots, you're going to be in most games and give yourself a chance to win. But if they could raise that up even just a little bit more... 
that could be a big difference for them because they're going to be in some tight games here in 2024. And if they want to make the conference tournament, if they have high aspirations to make a run in the conference tournament, I mean, free throws are just so crucial, as we always talk about, Ryan. I'd like to see that number go up just a little bit. So I'm going to raise it from 67 and say, can they get that number up just a little bit higher, be more efficient at the line? That is their New Year's resolution in 2024. I like it. Rumor has it my guy, the big ticket, over this Christmas break has just been living at the free throw line. He's putting up multiple, mm. multiple free throws every day. Because I know, Wyatt, you're looking at him, okay? You, you can just say it out loud. He's had some struggles early on this year at the line, but we mentioned he was clutched down the stretch at Superior to seal that win for them. And he's a guy you want at the line a lot. So I know it all starts and stops with him, and I think by the end of the year they will be over 70% for sure from the line. That would be a good goal. I mean, that's definitely where you want to be. If you get that up 3% in the second half of the season, that's that's big-time improvement. All righty. Well, now the question is, which direction do I go? Am I going to go in the same order that I did for the woman's side? I will not because you already deviated from that, oh. and that would just be boring if we went in the same exact <laughs> order. So I'm going to go with their travel partner, Wyatt. The travel okay. partner of the Minnesota Mars Cougars, as you know, would be the Crown College Polars out in St. Bonifacius. Shout out to McIntoon. Some great meat out there. Had it over this Christmas break. Always hits the spot. So shout out to them. Um, not that they asked for it, but I'm giving it to them. Okay, Wyatt. Four letters for you for the resolution for 2024 for the Crown College Polars. I'm just going to say his first name, and then you already know what I'm talking about. So is it Cade? Cade. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy enough to figure out. But wait a minute. What's the resolution? Keep him healthy at all costs. Oh, I mean, yeah. if, I, if you got to, like, if he's, you know, needing to take a practice off here or there or whatever it is, I mean, he's got his last extra, extra year, whatever you want to call it. This is it for him. And he is playing at a level where he could quite possibly be the UMAC Player of the Year when he was oh so close to getting it a few years ago before Noah Alm just sneaked in front in the final furlong in that great race down the stretch a few seasons ago. Their resolution is at all costs. Whatever Coach Herbert and his assistants need to do, whatever Cade needs to do to best take care of his body is to keep that man healthy and have him rolling into late February at as close to 100% as possible. That has to be the priority for the Polars who could put together a really special season with plenty of old guys on that roster. I feel like that was their resolution last year as well. Not Cade specifically, but just as a team to keep them healthy. And, you know, to an extent, Ryan, it's kind of tough because it's like they can control that. But at the same time, there's maybe aspects of that that they can't control. So, well, and maybe That's... they've learned from the past some. Not that they've done anything necessarily wrong, Wyatt, but they know that that could be lurking around the corner, as tough as that is to say. And again, we're never wishing for any of this. I'm not predicting any of this. But as you just mentioned, Wyatt, it's always been a factor. Unprompted, we didn't even bring up the health of the Polars, and Coach Herbert brought it up before the season started when we talked to him back in October. So it's always a factor, and obviously your team is more than one guy. But you and I both know that he is maybe one of the, Wyatt, if not the most indispensable player for a team in the UMAC, period. At least I would say that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say UMAC. I think you could take that around college basketball in general at the Division three level. And I would say there's not a lot of teams that necessarily have a guy quite like him where if they lose him, it's just it's a disaster. So, um, yeah, they, they need to keep him healthy, no question. I'll go to downtown U again, 
uh, this time on the men's side, and they got to rebound a little bit better, Ryan. Their differential right now is in the negative, which is never a good thing. They're getting out-rebounded four and a half rebounds a game right now. And so whether it's a team effort, if it's the bigs that need to improve, they've got to find a way to rebound the basketball because they're going to be in games this year. We've talked about where's the scoring going to come from. Do they have enough defensively to play to that strength and get stops? Either way, you either need to make sure you limit opponents second chance opportunities or you got to create some for yourself and if you're in the negative when it comes to rebounding it's really tough to do that and have success so if they can rebound better even get that number to even and just stay even in umac play here in uh, 2024 it'll give them a much better chance to not only make the tournament but who knows maybe even make some noise so for the rams in 2024 rebound the basketball better that is their resolution I like it, Wyatt. I mean, remember how good they were early on last season. They went into the Erickson Center at Northwestern and quite honestly beat up the Eagles. When they took down Northwestern early in UMAC play last year, it was due to their rebounding. And so they definitely Mm -hmm. have the chance to do that. And we talk about defense and rebounding all the time with them and how last year Coach Becker had them playing excellent defense. So those things are huge for North Central if they want to be in that top tier of the UMAC. I totally agree. All right. My second team, I will go out to New Ulm, pivoting from St. Bonifacius. We're going to talk about the Martin Luther College Knights. This may be confusing, but I'm going to say it anyway, Wyatt. On the woman's side, I talked about less three-point field goal attempts for Coach Garish's club. You ready for this? For Coach yep. Holtzeter's club, don't be shy. Let it fly. You're shooting a good number <laughs> of threes already. You're currently at fourth in the conference in three-point field goals made per game, at least in conference play, that is. Just keep shooting it, all right? They're shooting it at 33% from deep so far this year, and I feel like with the schedule that they have when you look ahead in 2024 and some of the defenses they're going to see in this league-wide, it's going to be really, really tough to finish in the paint. If you got open three-point looks, if I'm Coach Holtzeter, I'm just saying, boys, we're just going to stroke it. And in a lot of these matchups, that's going to be the best chance we have to win a ball game or to stay tight down the stretch. Now, you don't get absolutely reckless with it, but I think – You like what you've seen so far, even if the percentages haven't been there every single game. Overall, just keep shooting it from deep. I know that may sound like a lazy take, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you're going to pull so many upsets in the game of college basketball, Wyatt, what's the equalizer you and I always talk about? It's the three-point shot. So just keep stroking it out in New Ulm. Yeah, play to your strength. Sometimes you live and die with a three-point shot, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. So let it fly. I like that one a lot for the Knights. Let's go out to Ashland and Northland, a team that's been oh so close multiple times this year. They almost got off to that start in UMAC play with a win before they fell in overtime to Morris. And uh, something we've talked about a lot with teams, we're going back to the turnovers. I want to see them improve their turnover numbers, averaging almost 15 turnovers a game. It's not an atrocious number by any means, Ryan, but with how good some of their shooters can be, they're streaky, but when they're on, they're a very dangerous team. Get them as many shots as possible. You do that by limiting your turnovers. And I guess the way to look at it is you either got to create more turnovers or you got to limit yours. And I picked limiting theirs because they can control that more than forcing them. So, yeah, hopefully the Lumberjacks can do that in 2024. It'll lead to more success. They'll get some wins in their uh, notch, some W's in that column. And we'll see what happens. But a very dangerous team when they play like they're capable. And I don't think we've quite seen that yet from them. So hopefully we do in 2024. I like it. All right. I will pivot now to 
Roseville, Northwestern St. Paul campus, talking about the Eagles. A uncharacteristic slow start to UMAC play for them. 0-2 out of the gates after their shocking loss to Martin Luther, followed up by a loss to Bethany Luther. And okay, Wyatt, when you take the average from those two games, the Eagles are averaging letting up 88 points per game in the UMAC. That's yeah. that's a big number. It's not going to stay that way. It's going to go down for sure, but it, it needs to go down significantly. Okay, And that number is going to balloon for a lot of teams. When you play Bethany, especially as Northwestern had to do early on in the season, and they nearly put up the century mark on you at 99, even though I know Coach Girls and his staff aren't making excuses, but that doesn't help to play Bethany in the opening weekend. We've seen it before from them. I think you especially saw it early to mid-January last year, Wyatt, a noticeable shift for Northwestern defensively when they were struggling a little bit, and they flipped the switch in a big way and held, speaking of Bethany, in check on their home floor, picked up that huge win and went on a little bit of a run before eventually they didn't finish how they wanted to in February, if you want to put it that way. But I think it's as simple as that for Northwestern. They definitely have the potential of doing so, but after having such an excellent start to the season, albeit in non-conference play where they were 7-0, and They've lost four straight, okay? You know, after UMAC play, you and I saw him play against Central College, who's really, really good, put up 87, but Carlton did as well after the Eagles felt like they had that game in the last five minutes. All that is to say, especially in the big moments down the stretch against these teams that can score and have so many different options, their defense has to look different in the year of 2024 for Northwestern if they want to make some serious noise in late February. Yeah, I kind of expected that's where you were going to go with the Eagles, and they, they got to get stops defensively. There's there's no question. Um, the last team I have, I'm not going to make you guess, it's Bethany out in Mankato. And, you know, Ryan, these are the toughest ones, for me at least, to come up with because when I look at them and I look at the teams that are having success, I mean, you don't want to nitpick too much and you're thinking to yourself, man, they're, they're executing in all – facets of the game but there is one thing I want to see a little bit of improvement on if I'm Bethany one it'd be nice if they got healthy and they got Sagadol back that certainly wouldn't hurt I was gonna say you want to see him first and foremost yes I mean that's definitely there but defensively I'm gonna go with that for Bethany as well can their efficiency be better now they're giving up a little over 75 a game Ryan we know they score we know they play quick so that plays into it it's more of how many points are you giving up per possession versus points per game. That's the big one to look at. But if they can limit that number, Ryan, and even be better on the defensive end of the ball and they lock in there, I don't know who's going to beat this team with how good they are offensively and how many weapons they have. So to me, that's the area of focus for them heading into 2024. Can we be even better defensively and make our opponents' lives even more of a nightmare than they already are because, you know, you spend so much time trying to game plan against this Bethany offense. What happens when their defense starts locking in and gets even better? So there's their resolution for 2024. Be better on the defensive side of the ball and uh, create even more problems for your opponent. I like it. Alrighty, final team to talk about. A uh, team that one man, at least one man, probably more than one man, picked to win at least the UMAC regular season, going into the season, and to dethrone Bethany Lutheran, who I just My talked about. We're talking about, I don't know, people can uh, connect, the, <laughs> connect the dots if they wish to do so. UW-Superior Yellow Jackets, Wyatt, Coach Polkowski's club, another very surprising 0-2 start in UMAC play. Obviously, tons of season left, and they will restart UMAC play, as will every other team on January the 6th. That Saturday, they will play Northland and try to get their first win. Anyway, all that is to say... It's surprising, Wyatt, if I told you coming into the year in their first two UMAC games, 
Superior is going to let up 67 and 65 points. What would you say their record would be? Knowing what we knew in in early December before conference play started. Yeah, I'd probably say 2-0 because, you know, like you just said, we thought their offense had all the solutions. They were going to be tough on that side of the ball. And unfortunately, they had two of their worst offensive games at the wrong time. And instead of 2-0, which is what I would say, they're 0-2. Yeah, so my New Year's resolution for the Jackets, and I'll see if you can connect the dots here, speaking of connecting the dots... The Jays we love we love connecting dots. The Jays have to make the jump. A lot mm. of experience on Superior. There are three Jays that I'm talking about. Can you name them? Well, they got to lead this team. And yep. Joseph. Yeah. But who's the third? Who's Joey? Your guy. Your guy. <laughs> My guy Joey Barker. Your yeah. guy Joey Barker. All right. I, I think it starts with those three. Wyatt. There's tons and tons of talent on this team. There's experience as well. Coach Polkowski knows what he's doing, but. Sometimes when you're in a little bit of a rut, Wyatt, I know you know this from your own playing career, coach can only say so much. I mean, doesn't leadership from your best players, your seniors, doesn't that go further than anything that a coach could say? Yeah, I mean, it certainly is a time and place for it, but never a bad thing when your players are leading and they're the ones that get the message across, absolutely. And I think these guys are absolutely capable of it. So I don't think it's anything that's shocking for Jacket fans to hear who are listening to us, to us, excuse me, that those guys need to find a way to get this team back on track. And I have no doubts that they'll be back in the picture. Now are they going to chase down Bethany and win the UMAC regular season? As one man said, I, I don't know necessarily what they're going to do when we get into late February, but I think they're going to, you know, for sure bounce to one and two, and we'll get to this in our game picks next week. But you look ahead, Wyatt, and they got Northland, and then they got a trip out to the Twin Cities. That isn't going to be easy on the road against Northwestern and North Central. So I think we're going to figure out pretty quickly how these resolutions and time to reevaluate things for Superior has gone because three of their next four in UMAC play are against Northwestern and North Central on the road and then Bethany at home. So they could be staring in the face, Wyatt, before too long. They could be, I don't know, I don't want to say, you know, the sky is falling, but they, they could be 2-4 and four, or they could be 1-5, and five, and it wouldn't be absolutely shocking with how tough of a matchup, matchups, I should say, plural, that they have coming up. Or yeah. they could go win four in a row and they could be 4-2. and two. I think the variance is so large for Superior, and it's a team that I'm especially keeping my eye on with what they have early on in January to start the restart of UMAC play. Absolutely. And I don't mean to discredit my guy, Joey Barker, but I would almost say the first two are the big ones. I mean, Javon yep. and Joseph have to be the two more than anything that lead that charge and, and lead this team, but he can be in that category as well. So, yeah, very uh, – them and Northwestern, teams with questions entering 2024, no no doubt about it. That's all of them, right? Uh, I hit everybody on my list, which means that you should have hit everybody on your <laughs> list because we were going every other, so I think so. Well done. I appreciate your extensive research, Mr. Morell. I mean, it came through loud and clear. I hope the folks know how much work we put into this. Hours upon hours and hours, yeah. I mean, I, I barely got any sleep last night. Well, that's not good. <laughs> you need to catch up on sleep, Wyatt, with your busy work schedule and you don't have to work this week. Rumor has it with your normal day job. You got to catch up on sleep. We need to fix that. You need some uh, well, melatonin or something well, in the mix. I, I can help you with that. Uh, don't worry. I, I don't need any <laughs> melatonin. We'll, we'll catch up on sleep here in the back half of the week. Um, 
Okay. Well, do you want a quick chat about your your Texas Longhorns before we wrap it up? Well, I'm going to hand it to you because you're you're the one that's been dying to let the listeners know about uh, your picks that have been pretty good over the last few years, if you don't mind saying yourself. And obviously, it's a little more difficult for you this year because your uh, Georgia Bulldogs football club is uh, not in the picture, unfortunately, at least for the CFP. I mean, they're still playing a game on Saturday, and, you know, it could be an absolute laugher. See, I don't know. If you want to give any prediction you... for that game, you can let me know. No, that game is a joke. I don't <laughs> I, I don't even care about that one. Are you going to you watch? Say... You're not even going to watch? Are you a fan? What? Possibly. I mean, I'll watch some <laughs> of it. I don't. Uh, Ryan, it's like national championship or college football playoff or bust at this point, right? It must be so, nice. I mean, it is. It's very nice. But, hey. PJ's won another bowl game. All the seniors get to go out as champions. And, uh, you know, everybody forgets that their final record was 6-7, and seven, I guess, and that it was a travesty hey, of a season. But anyways. The Gophers are the only team ever wide. What? Don't know if you knew, knew this. To go three three <laughs> wins at a quick lane bowl. They're 3-0. and oh. I know. Isn't that incredible? The next highest, one. Yeah. One win in the quick lane. That, that's incredible. What are your thoughts on the fact that the Gophers paid – Cole Kramer more no. in terms of money. So <laughs> they paid him 30000 and he threw for 29 yards. I mean, how in the world do you explain that one? So this got started by I don't know who, and I don't know if you saw he did an interview where he denied it publicly when he got his first chance to speak with the media and he said that it was false so you can believe what you want to hear I mean I don't know I don't I don't even care if they paid him 30 grand to play the game because they had no other options because not only did Callie McManus hit the transfer portal Wyatt but our backup Drew Vito is now at Eastern Michigan so I there's a little factoid for you but I understand the situation I'm just saying I mean you telling me you couldn't have found anybody (laughs) on that roster that couldn't throw for 29 yards no here's the deal we probably didn't need to throw we could have gone full Army, Navy, Air Force, Service Academy on the bit. Darius Taylor, it was just the Darius Taylor show. He was going back home. He's a kid from Detroit, got to play finally after he'd been out for so much of the season for the Gophers, and he just ran over Bowling Green, and we don't need to break that game down anymore because it was you know meaningless, basically. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, maybe they could have found someone else, but uh, Cole Kramer, he had a great moment, and uh, they were – giving some serious treatment to talking about his fiance. For some reason, they felt like digging deep into their relationship, which was kind of bizarre. But anyway. A little odd. I mean, it was the quick lane bowl, so there wasn't (laughs) a lot going on on the field, so I understand why they kept showing her, but it was a little weird. I don't know. Just my thought. Um, Okay, so which one do you want me to talk about? Yeah, well, okay, let's start Alabama-Michigan. Okay. Alabama-Michigan. Also, why do they insist on playing these games on a work night at like 8.45? I, I don't understand. It's New Year's Day. The the playoff every the, year well, has happened on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. It was New Year's Eve last year. They just rotate. New it's Eve. New Year's Day this year. That's fine, but then you got to play them earlier in the day. I mean, who wants uh, to stay up till midnight on a work night? That's just not. It's how they always do it. Thinking. I'm just saying why. It's how they always do it. They got to have each game in its own window, not competing against any other bowl games, and the schedule just kind of sets itself. I'm not thrilled I about it either. Understand, Ryan. <laughs> I'm not trying to say why I, I don't get it, but it's just it needs to be fixed. They they got to come up with a different solution. Alabama, Michigan. I'm going to take Alabama to win this game. Wow, Mr. Um, SEC. No, but like seriously, Ryan. What? Where's Michigan's offense going to come from? They don't have any big playmakers down the field against Alabama's secondary, and I really don't think they're going to have success just trying to pound the football the entire game. Like, I I just don't see how Michigan moves the ball. Now, granted, I don't think Alabama's going to have a ton of success on offense either, but Milrow is more athletic and at least 
can create some plays, not to mention they get their running back back in action as well. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I think Alabama's going to win this game and be something like 24-14, something like that. I mean, maybe a little bit lower scoring. And um, the SEC, 8-0. 8-0 against teams not from the SEC in like I don't know the past five years or something like that it is it's just a ridiculous number and the Big Ten they don't exactly have a great track record as well in these semifinal games so I will take Alabama to win double digits no less you you don't even think this one's going to be close wow I mean 24-14 it's not a blowout but yeah I was gonna say I mean it's not like it's a blowout but I again I just I don't see how Michigan moves the football in this game I, I don't I'm not drinking the J.J. McCarthy Kool-Aid. So speaking of J.J., I was going to ask you, thinking about this game, could it potentially come down to which quarterback runs for more yards? Because both these guys can make big plays with their legs when things break down. What if J.J. has a big game with his legs and they can somehow hold Jalen in check? Because some people... some teams, especially your Bulldogs, that was the first priority. Keep Jalen in check with his legs, and Georgia did that, and ironically with all the other things that happened in that ballgame, they still lost, even though he wasn't even really a factor at all with his legs. Yeah, that, that was a, that's a whole other discussion as to why we lost that game and what happened. But people have been saying that with J.J., like he can create plays. I haven't seen it. I have not seen him have a big game rushing. And also, when he's played a good team or a good defense, when has he ever put up big numbers passing the football, Ryan? Like, I just, I don't. I don't see it with J.J. McCarthy. I just I don't think he's a big game player. I, I just think Alabama has a game plan ready. Saban has time to prepare. And, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I think Alabama wins. Second question, are you cheering for Alabama? Or do you have? are you not going to answer that question and just tiptoe around cheering. it? You're just cheering for a good game? Or what are, what are you rooting for? I am for? actually cheering for both teams to look awful <laughs> so that I, I don't like either team for a couple of reasons, and I'm not going to get into it, but if they could both lose, that'd be great. <laughs> that obviously can't happen. Somebody has to win, so I'll take who I think the better team is, and I think that's Alabama, and I think they proved it by beating Georgia. So I want to throw this at you then, because a lot of people here in Minnesota are saying that J.J. McCarthy would be a good candidate, potentially if Just we re-sign Kirk Cousins, draft him, ludicrous. and he's the guy in succession, and he's your franchise quarterback, if not immediately this coming year, the year after. So if you say that's ludicrous, I was having a conversation with a guy last night, we were going back and forth. I've heard a lot of steam, and I actually agree with it, that Michael Penix could be really good for the offense that Kevin O'Connell wants to run, and he said, no, J.J.'s a better option. Do you like Michael Penix, or, or who are you keeping your eye on for potentially mid to late first round, if not maybe even a guy falling to the second round for this April's draft? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful we don't have to draft anybody because we see Jaron Hall the next two weeks play well, like <laughs> he did his one drive against Atlanta. Right, and then, and then he's dra- he's not the franchise, to be clear. We re-signed Kirk, and Jaron Hall yeah. is the backup, and you're comfortable with those two. Yes. Like, okay. Ryan, I'm, why, I'm for that. Did, I'm for that. Why did we draft the guy, give him one drive where he looked good against Atlanta, and then just assume uh, he's not good, we need to draft somebody else? Like, I don't understand it. Well, well, here's the beauty of it, Wyatt. With the decision that has been made by Kevin O'Connell, we're going to find out a lot more. Yeah, and and I, he's he's got an audition for for everything else. You know, hopefully they can make the playoffs. I mean, that's you know looking a lot dire Do than you, it, more dire here, than it was before. Here's a question for you, very quickly, and then we'll get to the other game, the Texas-Washington game. And you got to tell me if you think Bama or Michigan wins as well. But do you think the Vikings have a different record right now if Jaron Hall had been starting the last few weeks? I can't say definitively yes. I, I We think, still well, we still could have lost both those games. We could have, but he not turned the ball over four times. 
Yeah, but Dobbs and Mullen single-handedly are costing us games with their but, turnovers. But is he putting up big passing numbers if we still can't run the football with him? That's the thing we've um, had. We've had no run. Well, Cincinnati we ran it well, but against Detroit we had no run game. He might not have to if he's not turning the ball over. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Though, because then we're not just giving teams points. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a roller coaster with can, Nick Mullins, you know. I, I'll, I'll miss the ride, White, because that was a ride I on the last drive. I mean, no, you're I believing, won't. and then all of a sudden he just throws. Have you ever seen more of a duck to end a game, a ball no, it's flutter so much? <laughs> because he literally put everything he had on that, and it just, like, <laughs> slipped. I, I have no He idea. tried too when, hard. He he gripped the ball too hard. When he threw it, I thought to myself, did his arm get hit or what happened? And then I watched the replay, and I'm like, there's nobody near him. Somehow, he wanted it too much, actually. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very, very odd, to say the least, and a very disappointing L. So does Alabama or Michigan win? Yeah, sorry to deviate to the Vikings. I just couldn't resist. I give you a hard time. You already know my pick. I mean, it's Alabama. I've I've told you I so I'm a I'm a Longhorns fan. I wanted Texas to play Michigan more than anyone else. I've said farcical things about Michigan throughout the season that they are farcical, I should say. And, yeah, they played well, and they did some good things against Ohio State, and I'll give them credit there. But otherwise, they just haven't been forced to do a lot. And I think J.J. can maybe do a little more when he's forced to, Wyatt. They just haven't been in that position. I mean, look no further than especially after the first quarter of Michigan-Penn State. Michigan did nothing. I mean, and they didn't have to to beat Penn State, so you could say, like, well, why would we risk anything whatsoever? I don't know exactly what Jalen's going to do with his feet in this ballgame. But I kind of agree with you. I think if Alabama gets to 20 points, that's maybe all they need, which is kind of rare to say in some of these playoff spots. But honestly, Wyatt, I mean, can Michigan score 21-plus? I know you said they're going to be at 14, but I don't see many scenarios where Michigan's scoring, you know, mid to upper 20s. I don't think Bama has to do that much offensively in this ballgame. And if they don't give the ball away and give Michigan turnovers, I think they have to like their chances. That was the key word right there. They're going to have to force a Milro turnover or two or get like a big kick return or something to spark their offense if they're going to get to 20-plus, in my opinion. I don't see them sustaining long drives consistently in this game. I just – I don't. I just – I don't I don't see where they have any matchups that are favorable. We can move to the other semi here in one second, but let me just say this. I – I can't stand all the people who say if Alabama does what you and I are thinking they could do and they win like 24 to 14, you're saying, oh, looks like the committee was smarter than all of us. They got it right. And, you know, Alabama's clearly playing great football right now and they deserve to be here. And this justifies that Florida State was the result of this game where teams have a near month to prepare has absolutely nothing to do with the decision for the fourth and final playoff spot, at least in my opinion. I shouldn't speak for you, Wyatt, but I can't stand the people who will say that justifies whatever decision they made down the stretch to leave Florida State out of the playoff. And that's a whole other conversation. But I'm just saying in general, Wyatt, whenever these decisions are made, the result of the semifinal game should be totally separate from the decision that was made a month ago. Yeah, I think I said that to you right away regarding the Georgia Florida State game I said this game doesn't mean anything like I said it right away regardless of who opts out who plays what happens in the game you can't you can't look at that and then say that's the reason why somebody got left out or they should have been put in so we're on the same page there these games have nothing to do with that um you know as tough as that might be to hear for for some fans and people but anyways uh do you want to go first on Texas Washington quick 
and give me your I'll, reason why the Longhorns win. <laughs> I'll let you go because I'm interested to hear what you say. And uh, to, for the record, I want Bama to win because I want the rematch and I want Texas once and for all to prove that they have been the better team than Alabama from the start of the year and nothing has changed since September. But go ahead. So what happens when Alabama beats them on like a fluke play or something and then they get to be the national champs? What, what you... happens is you see me Tuesday morning showing up for that meeting I have to be at at work and I will be uh, not not a happy camper. Wow. I'll make sure to bring it up too on, on the call and say, everybody, everybody, Ryan's in a bad mood today. Don't talk to him. Um, That's up to you. That'd be entertaining maybe. <laughs> All right. I'll wear my burnt orange if they win the national title. How about that? Um, I I think Texas beats Washington. I, I think they're the better team. I think Washington's gotten by one too many times this year. I mean, they almost lost to Stanford. They've messed around with a couple of other teams. I still think Oregon's better than them, even though they beat them twice. I, I don't know why why I feel that way, but it's just one of those things where I still think Oregon was better, and Dan somehow Lanning, Washington beat them. Your guy, yeah. How are you going to react when Liberty beats Oregon before we get to the CFP semis? That would be madness, <laughs> absolute madness. But hey, maybe it'll happen. You never know. I mean, these bowl games are crazy. Um, Texas wins this game. Too many weapons on the outside. I mean, you could say the same thing about Washington and their weapons, but I think Texas has the better defense. I think they'll have a better game plan, and as much fun as it has been to watch Penix in that Washington offense, their time has come. They they've been living on borrowed time, it seems like uh, up to this point, and I just I don't think they're going to have enough to win this game. I think Texas has been one of the best teams second half of the season, and yeah, they've they've been dominant as of late. So I'll I'll roll with the hot team. Give me the Longhorns, and it sets up that Bama Texas national championship. Can you give me a score? Is it going to be a shootout like everyone says it's going to be in the in the Texas Washington um, game? Fast track down in New Orleans, which that's rough for Washington. First things first, they got screwed being the number two seed, and obviously yeah. these sites are predetermined. But having to go to New Orleans to play Texas, well, that's tough. The the sites are predetermined, but the number one seed gets to choose where they want to play. Correct. Yes. So that's why Georgia got to play uh, last year against Ohio State in you know in Georgia. So it was kind of nice, but. Um, yeah, like 38, 27, something like that. I think it's a little bit higher scoring. I think both teams offenses will shine. Maybe it'll be a slower start because it's been a month since they've each last played, but eventually they'll find their footing. And I expect a lot of points to be scored. Texas's defense does enough with a turnover to 38, 27. I hope you're right. I cannot see a scenario in which Texas wins that comfortably and UW doesn't put up at least 30. I think Texas is going to have to score at least 35 to win this game. I've said it ever since I saw the matchup weeks and weeks ago. This was the worst of the three teams that Texas could play. I like Texas up front against any of them. It's the best defensive line that they've had in over a decade, best front seven that they've had in over a decade. Their one weakness on the team that you can point at is their secondary. And obviously Washington can slice and dice you if you don't get pressure on Penix. I don't know if really anyone in the country can defend the trio that they have in Washington. Now that being said, I still think Texas is going to win the ball game, but I think it's closer than what you said. I'm going Texas wins 41 to 35. With wow, that's a lot of points. Um, with with all of the hype on these receivers that Washington have, I feel like 
you just got to make them move the ball methodically down the field, right? And then live with yep. the results. Don't don't let them beat you with the big plays. That's where teams Correct. have gotten into trouble this year with Washington. You know, they set you up. They they have those little out routes for five yards, those little hook routes, and then all of a sudden they go over the top. And yep. So, anyways, that's I, I think... that's why it all starts with a pass rush for Texas. And you're totally right, Wyatt. Some of these games, what do they come down to? Red zone defense. When the field shrinks, yeah. can you hold these explosive offenses to three instead of seven? And more times than not, eliminate the explosives like you're talking about. And I think Texas can do that in this particular matchup, even though the secondary, like you said, maybe isn't as strong as you wish. I think they can do that. And I, I Texas has just been so good lately, as you know. They're, they've just been rolling teams. And I just maybe part of me wants to see that Texas-Alabama rematch as well. I don't know. I just think Texas gets it done. And you talk about the weapons for Texas. That's the first thing you said. I mean, it, it starts with your guy, and he's my second cousin three times removed. I mean, does he go yeah. over the top of any of Washington's options? Because lots of people like the guy named Rome, but your guy's pretty he is good, good, too. Rome is very good. Um, well, and see, here's the thing. I won't even say AD is better than Worthy, like as far as a deep option goes. Like I Agreed. think Worthy... And In the red zone, AD. though, is where Mitchell's big That's time. his spot. Yes, absolutely. And that's another reason to cheer for Texas for me. Let my guy AD go in his third straight title and beat Quinn, Bama again. I I've mean, told you else? about Quinn. Can I tell you more about Quinn's story sometime? I will, if, if you will listen to it. I know I've already shared enough about Quinn. But I'm a, I'm a big Quinn Ewers fan. And I like Penix, too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm partially just upset, too, because I, I don't have anything against this Washington team. I think they've been an awesome story. Kalen DeBoer is a great coach, and that team... I think deserves to be here. And some are comparing him to TCU last year. Oh, shoulda, woulda, coulda lost so many times. No, come on, stop it. Like TCU, you know, that's a whole nother discussion that we had last year as well. But TCU didn't beat Oregon twice. Like say what you want. And I get what you're saying, Wyatt, where Oregon may be, quote unquote, the better team on paper. But Washington fair and square beat them twice, even though neither game yeah. took place in Eugene. And they deserve to be there. And if they lose this game, then they do, but it's one of the more unexpected runs that we see where you feel like the other shoe is going to drop at some point. And obviously, I hope it will Monday night in New Orleans. Question is, Wyatt, will this game, speaking about work the next day, will this finish before midnight central time? Is It's going to be not. close. <laughs> Probably not, unfortunately, but I hope it does. Or I hope it's out of reach where I don't have to watch the end of it because it's so in hand. But, yeah, I, again, I just, why, why 845? Like, let's just uh, put a different game, put a – Put the, I don't know, is Tennessee and Iowa play that day? Put yep. them at 845 at night. Who cares? No, well, they're not doing that, though, because it's it's they the, should. it's, um, it's it's not the the formerly Outback Bowl. That's what Wisconsin's playing in at 11 a.m., but it's the other one down there that they always have to do early in the day. Is there just too much slated on New Year's Day wide? Is that the problem for college football? Because yes. they do this every year, though. New Year's Day is always jam-packed with games. Again, semifinals on a Saturday, and it's not a problem. Championship on a Saturday. Start it whenever you want. I mean, it's not that hard to get this right, but here we are. So, all righty, that's where. Do you want to make your natty pick if it were those two, or do we want to wait till the actual no, natty matchup? No, we match can. Up? Yeah, okay. we can reassess when we come back next week, and if but we we're wanna... we're in agreement. Both you and I think it's going to be Bama Texas, and we want Bama Texas because that's what everyone wants, and you and I both want to see texas make their grand entrance into the sec by beating the so-called sec giant nick saban and the crimson tide because who wants to see bama win that game i mean give me a break texas well, wants revenge that... from taking out colt mccoy years and years ago in that final 
if it means that Nick Saban retires, then yes, let's have Alabama win the title. And he's then he not retiring. Leave. Stop it. I At least know. not I right think... now. Not right now. I think he might be. You think he I would ride off into the sunset and he would break the internet in the post game interview and tell Holly Rowe, "Yeah, Holly, and by the way, this is my last game." Can you imagine if he said that? I feel like he wanted one more, and that's why he came back as long as he has the last year or two. I think if he gets it, he might be done. But would he announce it on the spot, or he'd say it like three days no, later? No, I don't think he'd <laughs> announce it on the spot. I, I Maybe he would. I don't I don't foresee that. but That'd be something else. It is a uh, fun time of year, Wyatt. But first and foremost, you and I are looking forward to the new year because... We finally will get UMAC games back underway, right? I mean, college football is great, but yeah. UMAC basketball returning. I mean, last year we had some thrilling January weekends in UMAC play that I look back fondly on, and I think we'll have at least a few more this year. But nothing's guaranteed, so we'll uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Very good, sir. Very good. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add, so... You want me to wrap it up? Is that what you're saying? I, I think so. <laughs> I You brought us in, so I was going to leave that honor to you. Fair enough. Merry Christmas. I'll say it once more to you and yours. Hope you had an excellent time with family and that uh, you continue to enjoy this holiday season. I'll say Happy New Year as well. We will next be talking to you, Lord willing, in the new year of 2024, where we will officially be able to flip that switch and turn the dial for the final run through UMAC play. I'm not going to call it a sprint. I'm not going to call it the final furlong because we're not there yet. We'll get there later on in February, but as one man used to say all the time, enjoy the season. We're trying to do that. We hope you can do the same as well. Thank you so much for listening. Reach out to us. We always love to hear from you. Any kind of feedback, questions, comments, concerns about what you hear on a weekly basis, uaotheumac at gmail.com or at unlike any other the UMAC, you can find us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Have a great next week we look forward to talking to you next week with game picks for more umac contests in the year of 2024 where we'll continue to talk college basketball in the league that undoubtedly is unlike any other